Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Uh, we are, I believe, now, what, 12 days away from the end of the season? It is actually, right. It's actually crazy, the amount of... You know, LJ, it seems like, you know, even though we have been doing this every day, the time has really flown by. I can remember us very vividly recording our opening day episodes, our team preview episodes. And uh, it's, it's just awesome that we made it this far through the season. But the wild card races are still heating up. There's still quite a bit to talk about. Uh, you know, LJ and I have found an hour's worth of topics to talk about pretty much every single day, which, you know, LJ, I think in a way is impressive, but also it's like, damn, we do talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's getting us to shut up. That's the trick. Uh, no, this has been a good year. I am going to kind of spring something on you real quick here because I realized we forgot something last night, Brandon. Mm. We need to do players of the week. We do. And we also missed a cycle last night. Uh, I believe it was it was it Eduardo Escobar who had a cycle last night. I completely <laughs> I saw something today. I'm sorry, I'm a little out of it right now. Let me see if I can. Someone had a cycle last night for the Braves against the Giants. It was oh Eddie Rosario. That's right. Yep, Eddie Rosario hit for the cycle, and I retweeted something. It's the fewest pitches ever seen uh for a cycle i believe he only saw five pitches the entire night and hit for the cycle cycle excuse me uh yep eddie rosario hit for the cycle on only five total pitches the fewest in the baseball reference database for any player to hit the cycle uh this is guaranteed since 1990 they don't have exact pitch count data from anything prior to then, but they can assume that it's about back to 1900 and that no player has hit for the cycle, uh, seeing fewer pitches in a game. I mean, LJ, five pitches, you need four hits for the cycle. That means he only really 
saw one pitch the entire time that he didn't swing at. Now, was that a strike or a ball? You know, very interesting question. I will have to look into that as, uh, you know, if he took a strike, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, it, it's funny because he goes for the cycle, but he only has one RBI in the entire game. I mean, that seems like it's pretty hard to do. And the RBI comes on the solo home run that he hit, but four for four, uh, great performance by him. The Braves are rolling. <laughs> that win against the Giants, certainly big for them. But LJ, we need to talk about Salvador Perez because he has broken the record for most home runs by a by a primary catcher in a season he breaks johnny bench's record with his 46th home run uh lj i mean this is it's amazing this is this is awesome to see it is awesome to see now i don't mean to put a damper on it but i have to question if this could get dampered at all if he doesn't win the home run crown did pesky win it uh, you know I'll have to look. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm pulling it up, so hold on. Uh, do you know what season that was for Pesky? Pesky had... Uh, not how many? Um, LJ, I'm not sure it's Pesky. Oh, I meant, I meant Bench. Jeez, what the hell am I doing? My Lord. Donnie um, Bench had 45 home runs in the season. So Salvador Perez is 46 now. So he completely beat it. Yeah, he he let it. Um, I'm not sure why I said Pesky there. Oof. Um, I'll say he could hit 50 home runs as a catcher this year. That is absurd. Yeah, so Johnny Bench did win the home run crown twice, and including that season. Does it take any of that excitement off for you if he doesn't win the home run crown, if he doesn't take it away from Vladdy? You know, I don't think so because he currently leads the league in RBIs. And also, uh, we're in a league where it's so home run dependent that, you know, we've seen the home run numbers completely spike up the last couple of years that, I mean – you look at the guys who are in front of Salvador Perez. Can you blame him for not hitting more home runs than Shohei Otani and Vlad Jr.? Did I, did either of them hit a home run tonight? Um, if they did, if Vladdy didn't, he's tied for he is tied for the lead again. That that story kind of got covered up. You know that that is true, actually. Yep. So now they are tied at forty six. I mean, either way, I don't really think if he doesn't finish first, if Vladdy ends up beating him, I don't think you can blame him. He is a primary catcher, which this is one of the best hitting seasons from a catcher we've ever seen. I mean, his OPS plus is only 126, but 113 RBIs, just so productive. He's hitting 274 this year, and he's caught a total of 117 games. 34, he's DH'd. I mean, crazy, crazy numbers from 
Uh, I mean, LJ, even catching 117 games, that is a very significant amount. Uh, Brandon, breaking news, MLB.com has returned the hits column to the box scores. Yes, they returned it last night. I was going to mention it to you, but I figured you had already found out about that. But very exciting as LJ and I found five minutes to complain about that the other night. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brandon, now that we've forgotten about it, not once, but twice, how about we do player of the week? Should I go first? Yeah, uh, a pretty clear man who has dominated and he has dominated in the biggest possible matchup you could imagine. And that is Jose Ramirez. <laughs> Jose Ramirez, the Cleveland Indians, goes to Poundtown on Brandon's New York Yankees. In this week, he gets a seven war with a positive defensive impact slashing 500 560 900 on the week he drives in seven scores 10 himself with two home runs you couldn't ask for a bigger performance from a bigger man just send in those jankies to pound town brandon you got to watch a lot of that damage firsthand was it like was it like flex tape level damage I mean, every that's a time lot of damage. <laughs> that's a lot of damage. Uh, you know, every time the dude steps up to the plate, just in general, I mean, I'm nervous. I mean, you look at his stats the last couple of years. He has been like people forget about this dude. He's finished in the top three of MVP voting the last three out of four seasons. I mean, what other player can say that really besides Mike Trout? It's it's honestly crazy how consistent this dude has been. 6.2 war this season. I mean, dude, that's like it's 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 almost close to MVP level, especially for him. And this dude is an absolute stud. I mean, his base running numbers have been some of the best in the entire league for his entire career i mean this dude just knows how to run the bases he has great instincts he draws walks he hits for a pretty solid average he has power he drives in runs he's really a five-tool player in my mind i mean he can do everything on the field watching him against the yankees dominate i mean we literally couldn't get him out It, it was crazy i mean he steps up to the plate in the three games he has against the yankees He goes, I think it was like six for 14, two home runs, four walks. He didn't strike out one time. I think in the series, he slashed something like 600. What would it be? 714 on base, I think. Two or 1.2 slugging percentage. LJ, his OPS in the series was like close to 2,000 in a three-game series, which, sure, it's a small sample, but... We literally could not get the guy out. And he is such an amazing player. Honestly, it sucks he's on the Indians because we talked a lot after the Francisco Lindor trade, whether or not we thought he was going to get dealt at the trade deadline. The Indians choose to keep him. I mean, hopefully they can build some kind of team around him. But LJ, if if they're not able to build a, a, a nice team around him, He's going to be 29 next year. They're essentially wasting his prime here. 
Yeah, but you know what? I still cannot say I'm disappointed to see him in Cleveland. Look, the people who say that a guy's being wasted in that situation by staying, a man who's, mind you, cho- chosen to stay, it's not like he hasn't had the Fair, option yeah. to not sign contracts. He has had the opportunity to leave. He's had the op- same option that Francisco Lindor largely had of saying, I want out of here, whether it's by not climbing on a contract or requesting a trade. He could have done that if he wanted to. And the one thing that this sport desperately need is, needs is stars in small markets. That's the only way these games grow. It's not by having the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the LA Dodgers, having every single talented player on their team. It's by having big marketable stars in small markets that they can build up. They can build up very similar to Jordan and the Bulls. It's not like Chicago is this, is this fantastic basketball market. Frankly, frankly, most of the, the, fran- the uh, fan base has drifted away in the past <laughs> 20 years, but that guy had an air about him, a winning culture around him that made it markable to stars. There's probably a way better example of that than him, but that was the first one that came to mind. To show about you a guy the power like of Jose Ramirez, I saw the New York Yankees in half. <laughs> LJ, how about I mean, when you talk about stars in small markets, I think the biggest example to me was Nolan Arenado. I mean, Colorado is certainly not the biggest market, but the dude was is a legit Hall of Fame player who spent the majority of his career, I'm assuming, is what it's going to be uh, in Colorado, which is not the biggest market. He, he didn't play with the best teams there. But LJ, you're absolutely right. The league does need uh, stars on small market teams. And, I, you know, as much as I say that he, sh- <laughs> excuse me, Jose Ramirez should have been traded, <laughs> I think that not, uh, you know, having <laughs> – <clears throat> Jesus, I'm sorry. You know, having that awful take you had. <laughs> no, having every player, like you said, Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, you know, having every good player on those teams does defeat some of the purpose, you know, of the entire league, I, I think. So having guys like him on small teams, it's awesome. You know, we see guys in the NBA, I think like the, uh, a, Big example, you like look at a team like the Sacramento Kings. They have De'Aaron Fox, who is a elite player in the league, but just on a bad team. And if they can like get a few pieces around him, they can be very successful. And I feel the same way about Jose Ramirez, especially when you see his 2016 season when they won the title or no, excuse me, I'm sorry. When they made it to the World Series. Well, uh, hey, hold on a second. Okay. They did win the American League. Yeah, no, it's what I no, it's exactly what I meant, LJ. I didn't mean yeah. World Series. I meant uh, I meant American League totally, totally. Because uh, <laughs> honestly, though, that's another thing. I I feel like I'm being a dead horse here. It pisses me off that we act like there's only one championship. We act like there's only one goal to a season. And that everything else you do is just a stepping stone towards one thing. And so we live in a world where 29 teams are an abysmal failure and one team is an absolute success. 
Like, yeah. I'm sorry, it's, it's not that good a season if you win the World Series, but you don't even win your division. Like, don't get me wrong. That's not everything you can do. The World Series is certainly the best, best award. It's the best honor. It's the top priority. But there's certainly room to improve on that year. Somebody else still has that success of winning their division. Exactly. And, like, being able to win your division, I feel, is, like, I mean, I agree with you. It's a huge accomplishment. You just played a grueling 162-game year where you get basically four days off maximum at once, which is the all-star break. Other than that, you're getting a day, maybe two, three days off a month for, I mean, April through September is what, eight months? Like you get two days off a month for eight months. I mean, it's it's pretty brutal schedule. And to be able to walk away saying we had the best record in our division is an accomplishment no matter what. Sure, you look at the 2019 Nationals, they didn't end up winning the NL East. They ended on an eight-game win streak, I think, but they never ended up winning the NL East that year. That was uh, the Braves who ended up winning that year. The Braves had a lot to improve on in 2020. They make the ALCS. They make it much deeper than they did in 2019. It's a success for the Braves in 2020. You look at a team like the Nationals, they go from winning the World Series to end up not even making the playoffs. LJ, I, I really do think that where you finish in your division, regardless if you make the wild card or not, has a big impact on how both fans view the team and how the team front office reacts to adjust for the future. We just got to keep promoting it. Uh, Brandon, what would you think about this? I've always preached the idea of how great tournaments are for mm -hmm. sports other competition in the season if you don't want to like decrease the amount of games in the season why don't you just double up games who says a game can't count towards your mlb record and a side competition and that increases tv value tv watchability it increases the price of the ticket so kind of like what the NBA is planning on doing with their in-season tournament, something like that. Yeah. So like, yeah. So like, let's say the Cubs play the Reds and it's their opening round at the end of August mm -hmm. or at the end of, uh, excuse me, April, that one of those three games in that series gets deemed the tournament game. And so you've got that, that, that not only also, that also adds a whole other level of strategy to it that I think is really neat. You know, I'm actually a big fan of what the NBA is planning on doing with this in-season tournament. I mean, it's for money. Every player is going to get a million dollars, I think, if they win that in-season tournament. It gives them an incentive to play, and we all know how much pro athletes love making money. Why not add an in-season tournament? Especially, like, if the NBA has concluded that their season is too long, then the MLB at some point should be like, all right, like, maybe we need to add a little bit of incentive during the middle of the year. But also, 
I feel like if you if if they were to change up the MLB system, the MLB has such an older population of age of people who watch the games compared to other leagues that any sort of drastic change would just you know not be favorable for a lot of the fan base okay two things and then we'll move on sure a little quicker um first off the only thing that nba players like more than playing money uh, making money is not playing basketball (laughs) agreed agreed and I don't think it's that drastic a change because if you leave every game mattering towards the MLB season, we come into a situation like the Field of Dreams game where it's not taking away anything from the actual playing of baseball. Mm. Like you've, you've got nothing standing in the way of doing things just business as usual if somebody doesn't like it and just wants to think of it as business as usual they're more than welcome to do it they can't they can easily do it with a system if you were to keep 162 regular season games and then just add those in as extra things within individual games i agree uh i think that's a good point i'm gonna name my player of the week here real quick we're going with sandy alcantara uh, he pitches two games, 14 innings. He ends up with a ERA of 0.64, a war of 0.6. Uh, his FIP was 1.8, was dominant these last two games that he's pitched this week. Uh, honorable mention goes to Nathan Avaldi, who I knew, who I know. He only did end up pitching 10 innings on the week uh, in two starts. That's why I gave it to Alcantara. Four more innings uh, means something to me, but cannot uh, not mention Nathan Avaldi, who LJ, I'm sure you watched his two starts this week, and he was amazing in both of them. He was. And like people can pass it up a lot, I think, when it's just a week, but 15 strikeouts per nine is a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. Like, even in 10 innings, it's a lot. Yeah, like this is a guy who averages on the season is doing under 10 strikeouts per nine innings pitch. To be up at 15, the, the FIP right now is ridiculous, but the FIP for him is always something to marvel at. I mean, this is a guy who's leading the majors. I actually didn't notice this until recently. Now leading the majors in walks per nine innings. Mm. It has to be has to be close or at least was close for a while in terms of home runs per nine innings. So this guy is doing everything he can in terms of the individual pitching to win games. Yeah. You know, the one thing also significantly impacts his ability to go deep into games, which is part of your reason you're you seeing um, 10 innings there. Yeah. The other thing that I was, that I noticed, I mean, his BABIP of 462 so when guys are actually putting the ball in play off of him, they are getting hits. But when you look at his FIP, they aren't putting the ball in play. So 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, uh, definitely shout out to Nathan Avaldi at a good league week, but I'm going to give it to my guy, Sandy Alcantara. But LJ, speaking of the National League, we have a huge series for the Cardinals as they are facing the Brewers, and they end up picking up another win tonight. John Lester gets win number 200 in his career. The Cardinals win what is it, nine in a row now that they've won? They have, they're have 80 and 69, LJ. If I would have told you two months ago that they would be 11 games over 500, you would have not believed me for a second. No, I wouldn't have believed you for a second. But part of that would be because I didn't notice they were anywhere close to being it. Like, this, this is something that's been brewing for a very long time. Also, mind you, they've just got, they've finally scratched over in the last couple of days into a positive run differential here. Finally. With a plus six. We've now, now we have all postseason contenders above that line, at least unless St. Louis gets absolutely their bells rung in the next couple of days. But yeah, this is a hot team, but you don't just get hot. It builds over time most of the, in most cases. There's something that's going to spark it to start brewing and then really take off. And I think that's largely what we've seen with St. Louis. This is a multi-month comeback. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about John Lester a lot prior to the season. We were pissed at the Cubs, didn't try to re-sign him. We were pissed the Red Sox, didn't try to get him. LJ, we all knew he was going to get his 200th win this year. And the fact that it's on the Cardinals for John Lester is a bit of a joke. It is. Look, and I can't even pretend that the team doesn't need him because he certainly would have been nice to have, even if it wasn't for the entire season. I mean, like, I don't mean any disrespect towards him, but it's not like it's, it's been a good year. It hasn't been like a great year for him, but he would still be a valuable contributor, especially if we're looking at the St. Louis John Lester compared to the Washington John Lester. He would have been a nice addition to this team, if only in an interim position. So, yeah, there's no reason that he wasn't in either spot, especially if you consider you sign him to a one-year deal. He could have been he could have been trade bait for Chicago. Yeah, they knew, they knew odds are they were going to sell more guys by the deadline, and they could have resigned him for a cheap deal. They could have, and he could have gotten a nice half year, last half year in Chicago, and then gone on, gone on his merry way. Instead, he signs with the Nats. They end up having to trade him. You know, it's just a whole mess where that could have been avoided had the Red Sox slash Cubs been willing to take a chance on the guy but let's jump to the American League as of course the Cardinals win but that doesn't affect 
very much in the wild card as the Dodgers did not play today. Uh, LJ, the Yankees pick up a nice win over the Texas Rangers. I've been telling people like, you know, I think, I think we're out of it. Like, but if we can't beat, if, if we're having trouble beating the Indians and the Orioles, what sense does it make that we're going to somehow win all three series against the Rays, Blue Jays, and Red Sox? Like, I mean, come on now. I mean, like, just like think logically here. Like, that's what I've been telling people. Like, you just guys, you got to see how we've been playing. If we can barely beat Baltimore, who's not even won 50 games this year, how the hell are we going to win three series in a row against the three best teams in the AL East? I mean, it's, it's crazy how some people still have crazy, crazy optimism for this team. Like we barely beat the Rangers tonight. Like if you watch that game, there was, I was sweating bullets at the end for Chapman to close it out. And he's facing guys like he was facing Riotti Tavares. Like, are you kidding me? Like I'm sweating my ass off here trying to clinch a win over the Rangers. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Some of the expectations that some of the Yankee fans still have. Well, I, I think those expectations should, should be there. They deserve to be there with this team, but the reality is this isn't happening. I could see a scenario where they beat Texas, Toronto stumbles a little bit and Toronto still makes it. Because I don't think it really necessarily – is it fair to say that Texas and whoever they – yeah, it would just be Texas. The rest of this Texas series has little impact on their, their wild card hopes. Everything, yeah. <laughs> everything that's going to happen is going to come down to what you do in those last three series – against Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. I believe two on the road. I believe so, yes. I, I believe I believe it's Boston and Tampa on the road. No, Tampa is at home for the last okay, three games. Boston, I think it's Toronto. Toronto on the road. So you got to go uh, go into Boston, which is never a good environment, and then <laughs> up to the Rogers Center. Yeah. That's not that's not a good thing. I just cannot convince myself they're going to come out with a win, well, a winning series, let alone three, which they realistically need, or at least they need two convincingly, convincing winning series. Well, we have Garrett Cole starting Friday against the Red Sox, which if we don't win that game, uh, I'm starting to get very very nervous <laughs> i'll say that <laughs> if we can't win with cole on the mound against the red Sox, it's effectively over at that point because he won't be able to pitch for the other two games in the red Sox series we did get luis severino back lj we should give a moment of silence for big sally sal romano got released as the corresponding move the second time he's been cut by the Yankees this year uh yeah big Sal Romano got to watch him pitch at Fenway he's the man he really is the man yes sir got to see, you got to see him yeah because that was the game he they, they a clean him, inning 
they brought him in for his MLB debut against J.D. Martinez. Not his MLB debut, his or Yankees debut. Yankee debut. Still, Yankee debut against J.D. Martinez. That's like, Brandon, please tell me you've seen Summer Catch. <laughs> I have. Okay. I have mentioned that movie to at least at least two other people that have been on the show, if not three. Um, I definitely mentioned it to Wayne on Infinity Sports a while back, and none of them had seen it. And I feel like such an idiot. So yeah, the, at the end when Freddie Prince Jr. has to pitch to uh, Ken Griffey Jr., mm. that's basically the equivalent of what it was. Yeah, what's her name? Uh, Justin Timberlake's wife is Justin in Leo. that, right? Yeah, Jessica Beale. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great movie. You get half the mystery gang in a baseball movie. What else? It's Chad Amaze, baby. Chad Amaze. Chad Amaze. Fuzzy dogs. <laughs> no fuzzy dogs. <laughs> well, LJ, uh, let's talk a little Red Sox. I know they didn't play today, but, or wait, did they play today? They did no. not. This is well, part of the wonderful, wonderful rest schedule where they get three off days in a row. Yeah, how the hell do you guys get three off days in September and other teams like the Braves, all these other teams got to play like just a normal schedule and somehow you guys are able to get all these off days. Did you not have any rainouts the whole year? <laughs> I can think of very few. I can think of two against Miami. Yikes, two against Miami, brutal. Or no, I'm sorry, one was an early, early cancellation because – you know, apparently sometimes you can end games early because of the rain and sometimes you can't. Yeah. No, yeah, you know, <laughs> we were talking about that last night. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember many, actually. There were a lot of games that we probably shouldn't have played in. <laughs> like, all of that one Yankees game. The one I was at? No, no, not the one you were at. The one at Yankee Stadium where the fans, the degenerate New Yorker threw that uh, ball. Oh, yeah, that idiot fan. The game before they tried to attack Vasquez with that later. Yeah, no, I I agree. I remember watching that on TV, and I was like, how the hell can they be playing? Like, We literally have fans throwing shit at the left fielder, and we're just letting the game continue, and Alex Cora's coming out and being like, what do you want our guys to do? Like, he's literally just standing there. It's raining so hard. There's people throwing stuff at him. And we're just going to keep playing this game. And the umps are like, yep. And he's just like, you're unbelievable. Like, there's no way this is. Like, I'm pretty sure Alex Cora was questioning whether or not this was real. <laughs> I remember I was at the hideaway at Saratoga Lake watching the early part of that game. I was looking at the forecast because they delayed the game to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I was That's like, right. That's right. Is this game actually going to be played? And I saw a little spot in there before a whole lot of more rain. And I'm like, I bet you they're going to start in this and they're going to absolutely get hammered. This game probably shouldn't happen. Sure enough, the, the delay lasted through that entire spot. The first inning comes along and Nathan Yavaldi almost murdered like three guys because the ball was so wet. And I, I I texted you, I believe. And I'm like, all right, let's just, let's, 
can we stop this game now? Because this isn't going to get any better. And sure enough, it really didn't. With the exception of a couple innings here and there, that was, that was a rough situation. But yeah, I feel like that's more been the MO of this team than a ton of delays or a ton of rounds. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, you see how, how, like, other teams, like we were talking about the Braves yesterday, where they could potentially have two games not even played. And then you have the Red Sox. It's like, yeah, well, we just kind of forced them to play through everything. So, yeah. <laughs> Screw them. Screw them. Uh, Screw the Red Sox. But uh, yeah. should we talk about, real quick, Miguel Rojas for the Marlins, uh, he reached his vesting threshold. I believe he's the first player to be able to exercise his vesting option in his contract. He hit the 500 plate appearance threshold. So he has a five and a half million dollar salary guaranteed for 2022, which is by far the highest for the Miami Marlins. Uh, LJ, it'll be nice to keep this guy around for the next year, but, uh, you know, he's probably going to be the only player with a guaranteed contract. Yeah, he probably will be the only guy with a guaranteed contract. Good for him. Get in the bag. And, yeah, it takes something, too, for a guy like this on a team like that to be able to get the vesting option. I know that sounded like it made no sense because of the amount of uh, – um, what do you call it? What are those called? Pronouns I used in that or whatever that's those words are. But yeah, I mean, he's I, been what I mean is like this is a bad team. If this team wants to cut costs, which while they while they are the most competitive rebuilding franchise in the league, they also aren't stupid. If they wanted to, they could have cut Miguel Rojas's reps. They had um, they could have traded him. him. They had Jose Devers up for a long while this season, which would have definitely cut into some of his time there. They don't have to just trade him. They could have just made sure he kept under the plate appearance threshold. That certainly could have been done by the team, but they didn't, which is great, which I think is great. They acknowledge winning is more important than payroll. And... Miami actually has a pretty big offseason ahead of them. Just looking ahead here, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Eliezer Hernandez, they're all going to be eligible for arbitration for the first time. LJ, I'd have to imagine Sandy Alcantara is going to get uh, quite the payday in arbitration. Yeah, he should have a good time. But Brandon, now that you have introduced top two topics tonight, and then promptly switched directly away from them before actually finishing them. Would we like Sorry. to go back to the uh, Raphael Devers thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, LJ, Raphael Devers set the record. Most home runs by any Dominican Republic player under 25 years old uh, in, a se- in a season or in a career? It's career. He's at 106 home runs. Wow. Okay. Is, Sorry. He is. Well, what I can say about Rafael Devers is since he's debuted in 2017, he's proven he's been one of the best hitters in the league. His 2020, which a lot of people will say was a bad, a bad year for him. He was still a above average hitter. 
in the league. Uh, I've personally been a proponent of his defense. I don't think it's good at all, uh, but his hitting certainly makes up for it. He has the DH spot on the Red Sox for the future because they're not going to resign JD Martinez. Uh, and the dude is going to be an absolute stud. He's only 24 right now. He'll be 25 in October. And I'm fully expecting by the guy, by the time this guy's career ends, he'll have an MVP. I don't think that's very, uh, you know, hot. It's, I don't think that's very hot take. Uh, the dude just is an offensive machine and he slowed down a little this year, but 34 home runs and 105 RBIs already in the year is really good standard numbers. You look at his advanced numbers. He's been amazing. Uh, LJ, I mean, certainly as a Red Sox fan, you've got to watch him a lot more than I have. It's not a hot take to say that he's a potential MVP. It is not a hot take. He is one of the most fun players to watch because there's really no quit in his bed, in his uh, plate appearances, and every single one of them is something very might, well might happen. It's not if something happens, it's when with him, and every single time he hits it, he hits the ball hard. We should also make note of the fact that under the technical MLB counting, that record does belong to Albert Pujols at 160 home runs. However, on this podcast, we have decided to subtract roughly how many years it was before that Albert Pujols was actually 25. And that gives Devers a couple year um a couple home run lead. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Albert Pujols, what he did at a young age was crazy, but it just wasn't that young. Enough. We are both under the assumption, along with a lot of credible baseball people, <laughs> that Albert Pujols is not 41 right now, and he is a few years older than that. I mean, if you look at the way that a player, uh, you know, their stats start to decline. It fits up perfect. His stats basically fit perfectly with someone who's about two and a half years older than like literally the perfect like chart for declining stats fits perfect with him. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, check out Foolish Baseball's video on Albert Pujols. I believe it's called Albert Pujols is too slow for the MLB. That was released like two years ago. Safe to say he's still very slow. Uh, on the Dodgers, but check out that video. You'll be able to see exactly what we yeah, mean. So if, if we're calling it two years, let's take out his 25 or no, before 25. So he's 24 in his 23 season. That Those two seasons combined for 89 home runs. <laughs> so Devers has that lead by about 20 something and time to build. Pujols really came into the year or in, into the league his rookie year and finished fourth in MVP with 37 homers and 130 RBIs with a 330 batting average. I mean, what the hell? Like, how the hell is a guy this good his first year in the league? What I would have done to have been able to follow the league back then, 
I mean, that's like probably one of the best rookie seasons ever. I know Fred Lynn won MVP with the Red Sox his rookie season, but I mean that the the that season is ridiculous to me. But Albert Pujols is going to Albert Pujols. I can only pray he gets another ring with the Dodgers this year. He deserves it. Oh, uh, LJ, actually. Did you want to talk about Yerman Mercedes in that post? Oh, like yeah. 30 Shout seconds? out to Yerman Mercedes. He yeah, 30 seconds. Of himself on a boat with uh, swim shorts that have the Trojan logo, Trojans logo right across the front. Nothing could possibly be better uh, protection than putting Trojan shorts on. So... Shout out to him. Also, shout out to him in typical Yerman Mercedes style, deleting it before Brandon even had an opportunity to see it. <laughs> LJ sent the post to me on Instagram. It couldn't have been 20 minutes after LJ sent it to me. I clicked on it on my Instagram and it said post unavailable. I text LJ. I'm like, it's a po- I'm like, it says post unavailable. <laughs> and you're like, yep, well, it is Yerman, so it's expected. Yeah. And I was like, yep, like that a thousand percent makes sense. It didn't take him too long to take that one down. <laughs> How has he been doing in the minors? I'm gonna check actually. <laughs> Yerman this year in the minors. Obviously, he's a little bored if he's going out in a boat. Yeah, uh, I don't even think I can see his minors like game logs. Uh, yeah, well, you can get the you can certainly get the stat 275, 318, 464, uh, slash line in triple A for a 782 on base percentage or uh, on baseball slugging percentage. Not bad, I mean, it's it's solid, uh, definitely one of the favorites for the MLB Daily Hall of Fame. We picked him for the White Sox, right? I believe so. I'm pretty sure. Like, he kind of has to be, like, one of the final five, I feel. After everything, probably. After him actually just, like, quitting on the team, I'm I'm looking, yeah, we did pick Yerman Mercedes for the White Sox, so beautiful. He will be in the final five. Sort of quitting on the team twice. Putting on the team twice, his own manager uh, spoke out against him. It's it's a, it's a good deal. All right, man. Uh, I think that's it for today's show. Thank you all for listening. Check us out: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod, and we'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. 
Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications.